It's Friday, March 20th. Welcome to Skim This. We're breaking down the most complex stories of the day and giving you the context on why they matter. The U.S. is sealing itself off from its neighbors with big restrictions on the Mexico and Canada borders. We'll explain why and take a look at what else happened today. Then, if you've been to a supermarket lately, you may have noticed shelves were a bit empty. But experts say, don't panic. And finally, we talked to one of the top White House officials coordinating the COVID-19 response. And she's got some advice you'll want to stick around for. We're here to make your evening smarter. Let's skim this. Today's episode is brought to you by Panera's Unlimited Coffee Subscription. Your cup is always full. We're going to start off by explaining the top three stories of the day. First, America's northern and southern borders are about to get a lot quieter. Today, the U.S. announced that, starting at midnight tonight, all non-essential travel would be stopped across its borders with Canada and Mexico. So what exactly does that mean? The fast-talking acting Secretary of Homeland Security, Chad Wolf, told us what's exempt. A few examples of essential travel include, but certainly are not limited to, individuals traveling for medical purposes, to attend educational institutions, for emergency response, public health services, and individuals engaged in lawful cross-border trade. So what is not essential? Well, things like tourism. Like just deciding you'd rather hunker down at a beachfront resort in Tulum instead of your swanky New York apartment? That's not essential. One final important point. The U.S., Canada, and Mexico are all saying trade is definitely essential. They want to keep products moving across the border, so all three countries are agreeing that trucks and trains transporting goods are exempt from the new border restrictions. We've got more on the status of supply chains and about why you probably shouldn't be worried about food selling out later in the show. Meanwhile, within the U.S., local officials and governors are finding their own ways to restrict movement. When we started this day, California was the first and only state with statewide restrictions. But now it has company. At a press conference this morning, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo said all non-essential workers need to stay home. This is the most drastic action we can take. Here's what that means. Some businesses like grocery stores and pharmacies can stay open. But employees at places like hair salons and tattoo parlors need to stay home. He says this is about protecting vulnerable populations, like the elderly. And New York has been hit the hardest by this outbreak. So far in that state, Johns Hopkins University has reported over 7,000 cases of COVID-19. That's about 40% of all cases reported in the U.S. To stop that number from growing higher, Cuomo says these provisions are going to be enforced. These are not helpful hints. Uh, This is not uh, if you really want to be a great citizen. Uh, These are legal provisions. And so starting Sunday evening, businesses that don't comply will face a civil fine and will be forced to close. California Governor Gavin Newsom plans to enforce his statewide stay-at-home order a bit different. People will ask, well, how will you enforce? As I say, there's a social contract here. Also, late this afternoon, Illinois' governor announced a similar stay-at-home measure for residents across the state. That starts tomorrow night. Keep in mind, though, as you hear more officials call for restrictions on movement, there's no one-size-fits-all. It's the kind of thing you want to read the fine print for. And how these orders will impact you personally will really depend on where you live. 
And finally, what a difference a day makes. On yesterday's show, we told you that the deadline for most people to pay their taxes in the U.S. had been postponed. But you still had to file them by the normal tax day, April 15th. The government was trying to lessen the economic burden from COVID-19. But some experts were concerned that pushing one deadline and not the other might confuse people. So today, the government says it's going to fix that. According to tweets from Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin, all taxpayers and businesses will now have until July 15th to file their taxes and make payments without having to worry about any interest or penalties. We're still waiting on more info, but Mnuchin still says, if you can, go ahead and file your taxes now. That way, you can get your tax refund ASAP. Coming up, don't let those empty shelves at the grocery store fool you. Experts say more food's on the way. That's next. Here at HQ, our mornings begin with coffee. Our afternoons are fueled by it. And sometimes our nights, too. Some days call for hot, some call for iced, but most call for the biggest size. That's why we love Panera's unlimited coffee subscription. Because we get unlimited coffee, hot or iced, every day of the week for only $8.99 a month. So whether you need fuel for an hour or fuel for an overnight shift, Panera's got you. Fuel your day with Panera's unlimited coffee subscription. Learn more and sign up at PaneraBread.com. Food. Everyone needs it, and some people have been worrying that while things shut down because of COVID-19, it might run out. That concern has sparked what experts call panic buying. Like filling up that shopping cart with 50 cans of beans and cans of chicken that look a little too much like what you feed your cat. But is America really going to run out of food? Let's start with what you might be seeing at grocery stores. Earlier this month, when it looked like COVID-19 might force many Americans to hunker down at home, a lot of people packed up their reusable shopping bags and pretended they were on supermarket sweep. On your mark, get set, go, Susan! Susan has invaded the roast section. She reaches her limit, and she's on to bigger things. When Americans all went out food shopping at the same time, a lot of stores simply ran out of things like meat, frozen food, canned goods, and let's not even get started on the toilet paper and hand sanitizer thing. This was especially true in cities. In the suburbs or in rural areas, supermarkets can afford to build big storerooms, so it's easier to restock their shelves. But your average corner grocery store in a city doesn't have that kind of real estate. And they usually have to wait for new deliveries. And when every city supermarket around the U.S. is phoning in orders at the same time, manufacturers can be overwhelmed. So does that mean the shelves are going to stay empty? Industry experts say, don't panic. The U.S. is not going to run out of food. That's Jennifer Vandelight. She directs the Food Protection and Defense Institute at the University of Minnesota. Right now, we're seeing a lot of panic buying, which gives you the perception that food is really limited. But Vandelight says a lot of canned goods packaged after last year's harvest are still in storage and just need to be distributed. And experts do predict that certain products in stock now could run out for a period of time in the future. Like if we all decide we need to have cheddar and sour cream chips at the same time. Also, certain foods might remain hard to find because of hangups in international travel and trade. For instance, a lot of the world's fresh garlic actually comes from China, so you may need to use the dried stuff in a pinch. But for the most part, the American food industry is confident they can ride this out. 
And they're getting creative. Some food producers are reportedly limiting what they make to only the most popular items, which could mean more chicken noodle soup and less cream of shrimp soup, which is actually a real thing. And Vandalite says that's not the only big change happening behind the scenes. So within the U.S., we have a fairly robust uh, restaurant industry. And as it's facing its own challenges with restrictions at the state and local level, we have many of our food manufacturers thinking about how to repackage their food that would typically go into those restaurants to make it available to consumers in grocery stores. And as for those grocery stores, some are reducing shopping hours to give staff more time to restock shelves or cutting back on the number of different products they sell to focus on just the essentials. Sorry, maraschino cherries. Oh, and nature is kind of our friend here, too. The backbone of our food system, our agriculture, it is perfectly intact. In fact, many of our biggest growing regions in the United States are close to being able to harvest very quickly. Florida is starting their harvest just within a matter of a few days, so we'll have lots of fruits and vegetables coming out of Florida. So get ready for fresh fruit to replace your dried mango provisions. So what's the skim? A lot of supermarkets may be temporarily sold out of some of your favorite foods or the things you rush to stockpile. But experts say America's food supply chain is strong. Lots of canned food is in warehouses. Producers and retailers are innovating to keep up with demand and lots of new fresh food is on the way. Actually, the biggest issue could end up being having enough people to stock the shelves or do deliveries. Food delivery services are scrambling to hire more workers. But if you can make it to the store, things should start to look a little less apocalyptic soon. If you've been working from home, you might be starting to miss your work friends. But one listener called in with a suggestion for a different kind of temporary coworker. Hey guys, just calling in for suggestions on what to do during this time to help out the community. This is Kelsey. She volunteers at a local dog shelter in Los Angeles, but because we're all social distancing right now, it's had to close down, meaning all of the dogs in foster homes and everyone's working from home. So if you're working from home and you're bored, you want a companion, foster a dog. Kelsey's not the only one thinking about four-legged colleagues. Animal shelters across the country have said more and more people are interested in fostering pets during the COVID-19 pandemic. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention say there's no evidence that pets can spread the disease. And experts say they might spread a little joy instead. When we called Kelsey to follow up, she said, it's pretty easy to foster an animal. The shelter will just want to make sure you can take care of the pet. And then when you bring them home, you basically just have to feed, walk, and love them. So, not too hard. And especially with everyone working from home, you have plenty of time to do it. <laughs> Thanks for the pro tip, Kelsey. If you have a story like Kelsey's about how you're helping your community, give us a call. Our number is 646-461-6370. Leave us a voicemail telling us how you're helping others during this time, and we might feature your work on the show. Earlier this week, millennials got a major shout out from the White House. They are the core group that will stop this virus. That was one of the top officials leading the U.S. response to COVID-19. 
And we wanted to know what she meant by that. Fun fact, when the White House calls you back, it kind of looks like a spam call. I'm Deborah Burks, the Coronavirus Task Force Coordinator for the White House. And Dr. Burks needs help. My appeal is the millennial generation is our largest and most vibrant and most innovative generation. And they're the ones that I'm relying on to really change the course of this pandemic. They're also the most social demographic. We know that they're the ones out and about the most. And we know that a lot of spread is happening asymptomatically. Ah, okay. So this is about social distancing and not infecting each other, even if we don't think we're sick. Learning about flattening the curve has turned a lot of millennials into amateur scientists. Dr. Burke said this is actually a really good thing because the people most at risk right now really need to hear from us. Well, this is where I'm really relying on this generation of millennials to really help their parents and grandparents understand the risk. This is a group that understands data and graphics probably better than any other group in America. They will understand that as we age, our immune system gets weaker. And if we have other significant medical conditions, what may... And we hate to go into all of these statistics, but we know that this virus, if you're under 35, the mortality is very low. But if you're in your 80s, the mortality could be as high as 15%. This differential issue is really critical, and it's really important that every parent and grandparent understands that if they can stay home for the next 30 days, they can make it through this in excellent condition. We've heard from some listeners who say trying to get our parents or grandparents to social distance is hard because they might be gathering in groups because they're lonely. So her advice is for millennials to first be kind, especially when you're telling your grandma to stay in her condo. And this would be the time to buy those Christmas presents early. Get those grandparents the ability to do FaceTime so that they can really be able to see their grandchildren and talk to others so they don't feel as isolated in their communities. And I think there's a lot that millennials can do because they're very creative. They can help us by trying to find the back door to prevent social isolation. Pretty refreshing to hear, since millennials tend to get blamed for ruining everything. For more info on COVID-19, head on over to theskim.com slash COVID-19. And we've loved hearing voicemails from so many of you this week. But today, we have a special appeal. If you want to share a message for a loved one to tell them to stay safe, leave us a message at 646-461-6370. That's all for Skim This. Remember, we also want to know how you're finding ways to help out others during this pandemic. So give us a call and leave a voicemail at 646-461-6370. A lot of news happens over the weekend. So to catch up first thing on Monday, sign up for our morning newsletter, The Daily Skim. It's everything you need to know to start your day right in your inbox. You can sign up at theskim.com. 